Section 11 of the Book of the Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 10. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, go to LibriVox.org. Recording by Endless River. The Book of the Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 10, by Anonymous. Translated by Richard Francis Burton. Night 1000. When it was the thousandth night, she continued, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that when the troops sorely chagrined sat in the divan talking over the ill-deeds done by the wazir to their sovereign, his son-in-law, and his daughter, behold, the king and Ma'aruf entered. Then the king bade decorate the city, and sent to fetch the wazir from the place of duress. So they brought him, and as he passed by the troops, they cursed him, and abused him, and menaced him, till he came to the king, who commanded to do him dead by the vilest of deaths. Accordingly, they slew him, and after burned his body, and he went to hell after the foulest of plights, and right well quoth one of him, The compassionate show no ruth to the tomb where his bones shall lie, and Munkar and Iknakir ne'er cease to abide thereby. The king made Ma'aruf his wazir of the right, and the times were pleasant to them, and their joys were untroubled. They abode thus five years, till, in the sixth year, the king died, and Princess Dunya made Ma'aruf the sultan in her father's stead, but she gave him not the seal ring. During this time she had conceived by him and borne him a boy of passing loveliness, excelling in beauty and perfection, who ceased not to be reared in the laps of nurses till he reached the age of five, when his mother fell sick of a deadly sickness, and calling her husband to her, said to him, I am ill. Quoth he, Allah preserve thee, O dearling of my heart. But quoth she, Haply I shall die, and thou needest not that I commend to thy care thy son. Wherefore I charge thee, but be careful of the ring, for thine own sake, and for the sake of this thy boy. And he answered, No harm shall befall him whom Allah preserveth. Then she pulled off the ring and gave it to him, and on the morrow she was admitted to the mercy of Allah the Most High, whilst Ma'aruf abode in possession of the kingship and applied himself to the business of governing. Now it chanced that one day, as he shook the handkerchief and the troops withdrew to their places, that he betook himself to the sitting-chamber, where he sat till the day departed and the night advanced with Merck's bedight. Then came into him his cup-companions of the notables, according to their custom, and sat with him by way of solace and diversion, till midnight, when they craved permission to withdraw. He gave them leave, and they retired to their houses, after which there came into him a slave-girl affected to the service of his bed, who spread him in the mattress, and doffing his apparel, clad him in his sleeping-gown. Then he lay down, and she kneaded his feet, till sleep overpowered him, whereupon she withdrew to her own chamber and slept. But suddenly he felt something beside him in the bed, and awakening started up in alarm and cried, I seek refuge with Allah from Satan the stoned. Then he opened his eyes, and seeing by his side a woman foul of favor, he said to her, Who art thou? Said she, Fear not, I am thy wife, Fatima al-Urah. Whereupon he looked in her face, and knew her by her loathly form, and the length of her dog-teeth. So he asked her, Whence camest thou into me, and who brought thee to this country? In what country art thou at this present? In the city of Ictian al-Katan. But thou, when didst thou leave Cairo? But now, how can that be? No, said she, that when I fell out with thee, and Satan prompted me to do thee a damage, I complained of thee to the magistrates, who sought for thee, and the Kazis inquired of thee, but found thee not. When two days were past, repentance gat hold upon me, and I knew that the fault was with me. But penitence availed me not, and I abode for some days weeping for thy loss, 
till what was in my hand failed, and I was obliged to beg my bread. So I felt a begging of all, from the courted rich to the contemned poor. And since thou leftest me, I have eaten of the bitterness of beggary, and have been in the sorriest of conditions. Every night I sat beweeping our separation, and that which I suffered, since thy departure, of humiliation and ignominy, of abjection and misery. And she went on to tell him what had befallen her, whilst he stared at her in amazement, till she said, Yesterday I went about begging all day, but none gave me aught. And as often as I accosted any one and craved of him a crust of bread, he reviled me and gave me naught. When night came, I went to bed supperless, and hunger burned on me, and sore on me was that which I suffered. And I sat weeping when, behold, one appeared to me and said, O woman, why weepest thou? I said, Erst I had a husband who used to provide for me and fulfill my wishes, but he is lost to me, and I know not whither he went and have been in sore straits since he left me. Asked he, What is thy husband's name? And I answered, His name is Ma'aruf. Quoth he, I ken him. Know that thy husband is now sultan in a certain city, and if thou wilt, I will carry thee to him. Cried I, I am under thy protection, of thy bounty bring me to him. So he took me up, and flew with me between heaven and earth, till he brought me to this pavilion, and said to me, Enter yonder chamber, and thou shalt see thy husband asleep on the couch. Accordingly I entered, and I found thee in the state of lordship. Indeed, I had not thought thou wouldst forsake me, who am thy mate, and praised be Allah who hath united thee with me. Quoth Ma'aruf, Did I forsake thee, or thou me? Thou complainedest of me from Kazi to Kazi, and endest by denouncing me to the high court, and bringing down on me Abu Tabak from the citadel. So I fled in mine own despite, and he went on to tell her all that had befallen him, and how he was become sultan, and had married the king's daughter, and how his beloved Dunya had died, leaving him a son, who was then seven years old. She rejoined, That which happened was foreordained of Allah, but I repent me, and I place myself under thy protection, beseeching thee not to abandon me, but suffer me eat bread, with thee, by way of an alms. And she ceased not to humble herself to him, and to supplicate him, till his heart relented towards her. And he said, Repent from mischief, and abide with me, and naught shall betide thee, save what shall pleasure thee. But, an thou work any wickedness, I will slay thee, nor fear any one. And fancy not that thou canst complain of me to the high court, and that Abu Tabak will come down on me from the citadel. For I am become sultan, and the folk dread me. But I fear none save Allah Almighty, because I have a talismanic ring, which when I rub, the slave of the signet appeareth to me. His name is Abu al-Sa'adad, and whatsoever I demand of him, he bringeth to me. So, and thou desire to return to thine own country, I will give thee what shall suffice thee all thy life long, and will send thee thither speedily. But, and thou desire to abide with me, I will clear for thee a palace, and furnish it with the choicest of silks, and appoint thee twenty slave girls to serve thee, and provide thee with dainty dishes, and sumptuous suits, and thou shalt be a queen, and live in all delight, till thou die or I die. What sayest thou of this? I wish to abide with thee, she answered, and kissed his hand, and vowed repentance from frowardness. Accordingly, he set apart a palace for her sole use, and gave her slave girls and eunuchs, and she became a queen. The young prince used to visit her as he visited his sire, but she hated him for that he was not her son, and when the boy saw that she looked on him with the eye of aversion and anger, he shunned her, and took a dislike to her. As for Ma'aruf, he occupied himself with the love of fair handmaidens, and bethought him not of his wife Fatima the Dung, for that she was grown a grizzled old fright, 
foul favored to the side, a bald-headed blight loathlier than the snake's speckled black and white, the more that she had beyond measure evil entreated him aforetime, and as saith the adage, ill usage the root of desire disparts, and sows hate in the soil of hearts. And God gifted is he who saith, Beware of losing hearts of men by thine injurious deed, for when aversion takes his place, none may dear love restore. Hearts, when affection flies from them, are likest unto glass, which broken cannot whole be made, tis breached forevermore. And indeed, Ma'aruf had not given her shelter by reason of any praiseworthy quality in her, but he dealt with her thus generously, only of desire for the approval of Allah Almighty. Here Dunyazad interrupted her sister Shahrazad, saying, How winsome are these words of thine, which win hold of the heart more forcibly than enchanter's eyne! And how beautiful are these wondrous books thou hast cited, and the marvellous and singular tales thou hast recited! Quoth Shahrazad, And where is all this, compared with what I shall relate to thee on the coming night? And I live, and the king deign to spare my days. So when the morning morrowed, and the day break in its sheen and shone, the king arose from his couch with breast broadened, and in high expectation for the rest of the tale, and saying, By Allah, I will not slay her till I hear the last of her story, repaired to his durbar, while the wazir, as was his wad, presented himself at the palace, shroud under arm. Shariar tarried abroad all that day, bidding and forbidding between man and man, after which he returned to his harem, and according to his custom went into his wife Shahrazad. End of section 11